Yes, time to talk English Premier League with Spencer Pryor. How are you, Spen? Hello, Trego. Welcome back. <laughs> nice to be back. Good to hear your voice. Uh, before we talk about the weekend's games, I want to get your take on the rumours that are starting to swirl over in England that uh, if Liverpool don't get Xabi Alonso, I'll get Broski's view on this as well, given he's a Liverpool fan, uh, they might be looking at Ange Postacoglu. Now, is this the fact that everybody knows he's a Liverpool fan as a kid and everybody's putting two and two together and making five? Would he go for it if he was offered it, do you think? Would Spurs let him uh, go? Yeah, that's more the point. Uh-huh. I'm not sure they would let him go, but we've seen the Sporting Directs come out and talk about um, that the club will survive if they leave because they've got their DNA at a way that they want to play. And it's a bit, there's a bit of self-defense mechanism going on already talking that, you know, if Ange does leave, then the way that we're going to play in the recruitment process and things aren't going to change. It could happen. Um, I, if, if he'd have gone, if, if he'd have been at Celtic, I don't think he would have been in the mix for the Liverpool job. But the mm. fact he's gone and done what he's done at Tottenham for the year, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's that's career acceleration, like next level, even for Ange, right? So it, 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 we would you wouldn't rule it out if he got offered it, given the fact that he's a boy of Liverpool supporter. Broski, you're a Liverpool fan. And I'd love Shelby to see Alonso it. or Ange. Oh, oh, that's a big one. Look, I, I mean, from an Australian point of view, I'd love to see Ange take over. Mm-hmm. Seeing what he's been able to do at Tottenham, knowing the quality that he's got there, and and, and probably more the depth, um, you know, in terms of challenging in in um, in Europe and everything, I'd love to see him go there. But I mean, we we asked Spanner this a couple of weeks ago, I think, and he, and yeah. and your opinion was more that you know he might stay and try and build something at at Tottenham. I think you can. If he does well and he does that, you know, and, and we're thinking more what Arsene Broski, Wenger did Broski, take your Arsenal. nostalgic nonsense. Broski, take your nonsense nostalgic Aussie out <laughs> off. Who would you prefer yeah. as your manager? Would you prefer someone that is absolutely killing it in in Germany mm. or someone that's had one year in the Premier League? Okay, if, I, if I'm thinking purely as a Liverpool fan taking my Australian hat off, I'm going Xabi Alonso. There you go. Right, Interesting. Mate. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Liverpool <mate>. are <laughs> Liverpool are top, of course, with a four-point buffer uh, to mm-hmm. Manchester City. Arsenal in great form as well. They thumped Burnley by five goals to nil. Uh, Liverpool accounting for Brentford quite comfortably. Uh, City, of course, have their game in hand, which they play on Wednesday against uh, Brentford. So that gap could uh, close up again. How do you see this title race uh, unfolding at the moment. It seems to be a bit nip and tuck between Liverpool and City in particular, with Arsenal certainly not out of the equation by any means. Arsenal have just won 6 0 and 5 yeah. yeah. I really, really don't think we can rule Arsenal out. It's more than just a two horse race. This is this is going to be the tightest three horse race that we've seen for a long time, I reckon. And um, look, Liverpool getting Mo Salah back, I think, is significant. I think they might have picked up another couple of injuries at the weekend, which is going to cause some concern. And they've got the League Cup final coming up as well. City, City we know, always pick up after January or come after Christmas, come January. But their march looks absolutely nuts. They've got a Manchester derby, then they've got Liverpool and Arsenal all in March. So... 
Uh, it's it's we'll we'll have a much clearer view by the end of March where this is going to go. I reckon, Simon. Well, Manchester United, you mentioned them there. They've got that game against City mm-hmm. coming up, but they hung on for a two-one win over Luton thanks to a brace from Rasmus Hoyland, who's uh, who's on fire at the moment. Um, they've now won five straight. You see them uh, making a challenge. Pushing then. top four. Pushing top yeah. four. Push, pushing. They ain't making the challenge for the league. Let's no, be no, honest, no. Brusky, no, no, I'm not talking the league. But, but top four, top four. I think you know. Villa are obviously sitting in there at the moment. Tottenham keeps slipping up and they've still got injuries. But Man, Man United are, are finding a way to win games and, you know, to win at Luton, who are a very, very tough side at home. We, we've got to give Luton credit for the way that they've come into the league and and and, the, and the being competitive in terms of trying to stay up. Um, tough place to play. And I think, you know, they, they have, they've got that, Man United seem to have that way. They've had it for the last few months that they just know how to pick up pick up wins without playing brilliant football. And yeah, they're pushing the top four. But again, give Villa credit; they're sitting in the sweet spot at the moment after Tottenham blew up. Um, Spanner, I want to ask you about this uh, story that's swirling around in the UK regarding Dan Ashworth, the uh, sporting director at, at, at Newcastle United. Um, yep. Obviously, very highly rated individual. It seems there's almost as much speculation and transfer talk about administrators these days. Uh, Man City, I think, lost uh, was it chief financial officer to United. That created a lot of back page headlines. And now Dan Ashworth uh, has been placed on gardening leave by the Saudi owners of Newcastle. So it looks like he wants to go to Manchester United. Are people like that that important in football clubs? Or, or is it essentially about the manager and the players? Or, or can somebody uh, like Dan Ashworth make a big difference for United? A huge amount of difference, and I think that that comes with, you know, that comes with a club having the DNA that, like I said, isn't tied to the manager. It's more of a club, a club idea, and we spoke about it about Tottenham earlier with the sporting director and Ange. It's it. If that person is responsible for everything, overseeing it, bringing players through from the academy, getting that set up right, getting the scouting and the recruitment process done properly, so the transfers, you're finding players from outside of in different areas that, you know, not all just looking at your typical back page superstars that everybody seems to jump on the board and go, oh yeah, let's go get, get him because everybody's talking about him. But go and do genuine different scouting and recruitment to match your club's DNA. I think that if you get the right person in, Dan Ashworth is an, is, is phenomenal in terms of what he does. And, you know, they're talking about Man United have pushed back on a 20 million price tag, but it'll be worth every every pound of that. So I think I think these people are critical because you can't if if you have your DNA in the club's way tied to the manager, if the manager moves and another one comes in, then the DNA changes and you can't have that. You just got to have that level of consistency, which I think is going to be really critical. I'm, I, I think it's right Newcastle pushing back. They've put him on yeah. gardening leave because you can't have somebody that potentially says he wants to leave still working at the club you know you've got to do everything you can you know i'm not saying you try and stop him going but you certainly 
you know, put him on gardening leave and don't give him access to as much stuff as he would normally get access to. Yeah, he's got a very nice garden, apparently. Very nice mm. line in rhododendrons. Oh, I bet it is um, as well. <laughs> final question, uh, Spenner. Mm. A little tribute to, to Roy Hodgson, if you please. Looks like his time... Uh, in football yeah. management is over. He's uh, removed, I think is probably the right way to put it, as Crystal Palace boss. Uh, they've appointed the Austrian Oliver Gasner, who comes with a reputation as being a bit of a disciplinarian. But uh, he's been around since most of us were kids, Roy Hodgson. And uh, yeah. uh, what a manager. Even though he didn't always hit the heights at the very highest level with England and particularly with Liverpool, uh, but what an outstanding career he's had. And look, and I think he's had a, a, a challenging season this year and I think he acknowledged it you know they haven't picked up the points that they would have liked to I think they're one point outside the relegation zone and I and you know it's been a real challenge for him and you know he's 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 been in hospital and had surgery but apparently he's all getting healthy and and he's okay and and, and you know when you see the club release their media statement saying that he is always going to be a part of the history that this club has and you know that they feel indebted to him for the service that he's done over the last few couple of years in terms of keeping them as an established Premier League club when bigger clubs like Leicester have uh, have gone down I think you know it's credit to, to him in his latter years to still have the ambition to want to coach and manage at the highest level and you know, we see the way that he's managed the young players this year that he's brought through. I think it's been incredible that he's been protected, the way he's protected them publicly and, you know, the way he's, he, he's gone to the media and talked about how he's protecting the younger players, but he's been having to play them and throw them in. I think that transparency has been great to see from him in, in his latter years and, and he will be missed. I think he's been a wonderful manager. Yep, absolutely. Here, here. Uh, thanks very much indeed, Spenner. We'll uh, speak to you next week. Have a good week. Cheers, Spenner. Take, take care, guys. Good night. <laughs> That's Spencer Pryor. Uh, Premier League this week, Wednesday, Man City-Brentford, 6.30 a.m. our time. Uh, also, Champions League games, PSV Eindhoven against Dortmund and Inter against Atletico Madrid at 7 a.m. Uh, Thursday, Liverpool against Luton, 6.30 a.m. Champions League, Porto against Arsenal and Napoli versus Barcelona. Wow. Uh, Sunday morning in the Premier League, Manchester United against Fulham at 2 a.m. Bournemouth against Man City at 4.30 a.m. Arsenal against Newcastle at 7. Monday morning, Wolves against Sheffield United. And Tuesday morning, West Ham against Brentford. All those games available across the SEN network via the SEN app. We're off to another quick break. On the other side of it, we'll talk women's football with Alicia Carnavas.